Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. It's good to see you. You look great. All those of you that are watching online, we're glad that you're here with us today. And uh, we hope that if you're ever in our area, you'll come and be with us here at the Father's House. We welcome you. Father's House, let's welcome all of our online guests right now, shall we? Wow, you look great. It's so good to see you today. If you have your Bible with you, or your iPhone, your iPad, whatever you use, let's hold it up, and let's make our confession today. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today, I receive the Word. I confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Father, we just rejoice today in your presence as you're here with us. We ask you to uh, give us insight and guidance as we look into the passage today. We pray, Lord, that you um, would speak something new and fresh to us. Pray today at the end of this service that you will be glorified, the saints will be edified, and the enemy will be terrified in your name, Jesus. Well, we're starting a new series. It's summer. And in the summer, we always do some fun things. We have team teaching and people that maybe you haven't heard from for a while. And we're starting this new series. It's called Life Hacks, Biblical Wisdom for a Better Way of Doing Life. Now, a life hack, you know what a life hack is. A life hack is a trick, a shortcut, or a tip that makes life easier, increases your productivity and your efficiency. You know what I'm talking about. Like some of you have the tennis ball hanging on a string in your garage at a certain place so that when you drive in, you know your tennis ball hits the windshield, you know that's the right place. Uh, that, that's one thing. Or uh, maybe that you've uh, been in a smelly room and you learn to take a dryer sheet and put it over the air-conditioned vent, and it makes the room smell well. Or if you're ironing, you know, my mom taught me to iron when I was 12. I ironed my shirts. I hope all of you look at yourself in the mirror when you leave in the morning, and if there's a lot of wrinkles there, that means you're not ready to come yet. You haven't ironed your shirt or your blouse or your trousers, right? All right? So my mom taught me a long time ago when I was 12 to iron my own shirts. Well, it's kind of hard for me to iron around the buttons. So a life hack is you turn the shirt inside out. And when you lay it on there, you just iron right over top of the buttons on the back side, and it steams them out on the other side just really good. In between services, someone told me of a life hack that might help. Uh, some of you that are not too good at ironing, they say if you pull something out of the dryer and it's all wrinkled, take two or three ice cubes, put them in the dryer, turn the dryer on, and the poom the dryer will take the wrinkles right out. Isn't that awesome? Well, I also discovered that, you know, I cook. I like to cook. And sometimes, you know, I, I can't hold the book up and, and cook at the same time. So I learned a life hack. You take one of these hangers just like this, and you put this here, and you put this here, and you can take this, hang it over the cabinet, and you can read as you're there, and you got a life hack that'll help you. 
Those are life hacks that helps you. And then uh, this is one of Anita's favorite. You just open up a bag of potato chips and you want to close them up and make them right. So you just take the end of that off the end and you crack it off. And now you've got a baggage clip that's going to work on holding your chips. How's that? You come to church and you learn some life hacks. Well, we're talking more about just little tricky life hacks than that. We're talking about things that are in the book of Proverbs that helps us learn how to make life better. If God were to come to you one day and say to you, I'm going to give you anything that you want, what would you ask for? Somebody said, well, I'd like to win the lottery, or I'd like to have a new body, or I'd like to have a new husband, a new wife. I'd like to whatever, whatever that is. But there was actually a guy in the Bible that God came to, and his name was Solomon. And he told Solomon, you remember, the son of David, he said, I'm going to give you anything that you want. Name what you want, and I will grant it to you. Solomon didn't waste a moment of trying to figure out what he wanted, but this is what he said to God. Look on the Sky Bible. You'll see it this morning in 1 Kings 3 and 9. He said to God, please make me wise and teach me the difference between right and wrong. Then I will know how to rule your people. If you don't, there's no way I could rule this great nation of yours. God said, Solomon, I'm pleased that you asked for this. You could have asked for a long life or to be rich, or you could have asked for your enemies to be destroyed. Instead, you asked for wisdom. You asked for wisdom to make right decisions. So I'll make you wiser than anyone who has ever lived or ever will live. I'll also give you what you didn't ask for. You'll be rich and respected as long as you live, and you'll be greater than any other king. Biblical wisdom is a life hack for life. And that's what Proverbs is all about. The wisdom that God gives. Wisdom gems, we could call them. Proverbs uh, show us how to apply God's truth to our life. Now, there are how many chapters in the book of Proverbs? 31. And months have, what, 28 to 31 days, right? So here's what I'd like for you to do, a life hack that I'd like for you to add to your life for the rest of your life. Every day, whatever that day is, you read that Proverbs. Parents, listen to me. I'm going to show you in Scripture in a minute. You've been wanting to know what to do about your kids and make sure that they get, you, you've been fish, fish, pushing them with a lot of information. But the book of Proverbs is going to bring wisdom to help them to make right decisions. So here's what I'd like for you to do. In your family, you as an individual, and you as parents especially, before your kids leave out and go to church, go to school, whatever it is, or church, on that particular day, you read the Proverbs of that day. Today is the 25th of June, so you take Proverbs 25, and you read Proverbs 25. Read it out loud with your kids before they go to school. Make this part of your daily routine. Never miss. And then tomorrow would be the 26th. And so you would read Proverbs 26. I'm going to challenge you to do this for the rest of your life. And I believe that there will be life hacks that's going to bring wisdom into your life. Solomon, we know by history was the most prolific writer of all time. 
He wrote several songs. Solomon wrote over 3,000 proverbs in his lifetime. He wrote books on biology, zoology, and different fields of life. People came from all over the world to seek his wisdom. He would walk them outside and he would expound to them plant life. He would teach them principles of animal life and things of nature. He became known as the wisest man who ever lived. And so he compiled this book called Proverbs so that we too can become wise in the life that we're living. Now, if we would say, we're going to study the book of Proverbs, and what do you think the purpose of Proverbs is, we'd all come up with different ideas. Well, Solomon, being a wise man, said, aha, let me fast forward to that Sunday in June. We're at the Father's house. They want to study Proverbs, and they're not sure what the real purpose is. I want to be sure they understand why I compiled, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the book of Proverbs. So here it is, Proverbs chapter 1 beginning at verse 1. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Verse 2. Their purpose is to teach people, read it with me, wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Look at that. To give you wisdom, discipline, and help you to understand the insight of wise. The purpose is to teach people to live disciplined, and what kind of lives? Successful lives. People say, I want to be a success. Well, we need to understand Proverbs. Proverbs helps us to become a successful person in the way that God views us. Verse 4, these Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. You've been wondering what you could add to your children to help them? Here it is. A proverb a day will bring wisdom and discernment and understanding into their life. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. By exploring the meaning of these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Well, let's break that down with a message paraphrase because that kind of always sets it down in our street language. These are the wise sayings of Solomon, David's son, Israel's king. Written down so we'll know how to live well and right to understand what life means and where it's going. A manual for living. Look at that. A manual for living, for learning what's right and just and fair to teach the inexperienced the ropes and to give our young people a grasp on reality. There's something here also for the seasoned men and women, still a thing or two for experience to learn. Fresh wisdom to probe and penetrate the rhymes and the reasons of wise men and women. Look at that. It says that to know how to live well and right, understand what life means and where it's going, a manual for living, learn how to be just and fair, to teach the inexperienced the ropes, to give young people a grasp on reality. We live in an age today in which that it's an information age. You can use Google and you can find information about all that you want. But information is not wisdom. Just because you accumulate a lot of wisdom 
But a lot of knowledge doesn't mean that you're wise. For instance, you could know all about economics. You could know all about financial success and how to do that. And that would be an accumulation of knowledge. But if, you're not, if you are not wise, you will never put those principles into operation. A wise man will take that knowledge of all the economic principles, set up a budget, and live wise. So there's a big difference. I mean, people can be wizards on their computers, and they can do all kinds of things, but then they are amateurs when it comes to living a successful life. Uh, knowledge is a collection of facts. Wisdom is knowing what to do and how to live with those facts. Let me give you a few definitions of wisdom. Wisdom is having, having God's wisdom means having the ability to cope with life in a God-honoring way. Say God-honoring way. In a God-honoring way. It's not just knowledge, but it's how to live in such a way that it brings honor to God. It's seeing things from God's point of view. Here's my favorite definition. This is one I came up with I like. Doing now what we will be happy with in later life. Doing now what we will be happy with in later life. Proverbs 4, 7 and 8 says this. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, if you prize these proverbs, these nuggets... She will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. But the question is, not just to know and read these, but how, what does it mean to live a life of wisdom? I'm going to leave that up to Pastor Simone. Give her a hand as she comes this morning to share with us what that means. Thank you. Good morning. So Pastor Terry, I want to thank you so much for this opportunity to share a few thoughts with you all. Before we get into the uh, living wise, I want to take um, this time to go to our Father in prayer. So bow your head with me, please. Father, we are here with our hearts open wide and our minds focused and ready to receive the word that you have for us today. God, allow us to hear this word and not only hear it, but to receive it. Allow it to be digested deeply into our spirit where the enemy can never take this knowledge away from us. Lord, I am a willing vessel. Here I am, Lord, use me. God, I step to the side. I move out the way. Lord, you take over and do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so Pastor Terry spoke about uh, King Solomon being the wisest man to ever live, right? So. The words that King Solomon left for us in Proverbs, how can we now use those words and live by them? So the first step to that is fear God. Having a healthy fear of the Lord is wise, but it's not that we're supposed to be afraid of God. God doesn't want us to be sitting there cowardly and afraid of him. He wants us to have a reverence towards him. Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My grandfather was a small man in stature, but he was big in personality, and he demanded respect. 
My grandfather lived in Jamaica, and every summer, all the cousins, we'd go over to go visit him. And we would have a fear of him. Like I said, he was a small man. When he spoke, he spoke with a low voice, a deep voice. He even stuttered. So why would we be afraid of him? It was just, the, it was just something that he exuded. His housekeeper that lived on the property, we'd be outside playing. She'd find us, and she'd come out, and she'd say, your grandfather wants to see you in his study. And we would all just start trembling inside because of that fear that we had for him. But at the same time, we would, like I said, we would leave, we would run, we wouldn't even detour, we'd go straight to the study. And me, even personally, I'd stand in front of the door and I'd just be shaking, ready to go in there. But the thing is, granddad really was just calling us in each at a time. He was giving us turns to feed us, to, to develop us, to give us wisdom, to give us proverbs. That's what he was doing. So we had a fear for him, but we loved him dearly. Even at the funeral, we all were just crying for him. We loved him. There, it's, it's the same way it is with God. That is an example that I'm trying to bring together. So when the Bible says, fear the Lord, for this is why, God isn't saying for us to be scared of him. He's saying for us to have reverence towards him. And another way to have reverence and to learn to have that healthy fear towards God is to stay in the word. If you read the Bible, you will learn that it says everywhere, fear the Lord, fear the Lord. But that same God that we're supposed to be fearing is that same God that loves us so very much. He's the same God that had his son die on the cross for our sins. He's the same God that forgives us over and over and over again. So he loves us dearly. And also he wants us to spend time with him. In doing this, we build an intimate relationship with God. I've learned, actually I'm still trying to learn to have my, or grow my intimacy with God. God wakes me up every morning at a certain time. Um, it's funny, he actually has a bird now and chirping very loudly at that specific time every morning saying, get up and get on your knees and talk to me. And it's not for me to bring my concerns to God. It's not for me to bring my, my worries or my questions. Or It is a time for me to just be still and sit in his presence. He downloads all the information that he has for me for that day or for that season. And I know it's hard sometimes to sit there and focus in and learn to, to meditate on God if you're not used to it. But let me tell you, if you practice it, you'll get it. I know as humans, what do we usually do when we're trying to meditate? We start thinking about everything else in the world. Our grocery list, what is it that we have to do later, who we have to call, maybe checking our phones. If you're like me and you're kneeling down, you're looking at your carpet trying to figure out how in the world did I not get that spot right there when I vacuumed? But you have to push those thoughts out. Matter of fact, even say no out loud. That way you can hear yourself and reel it back in and you're not squirreling all over the place. But eventually you will learn to be still and meditate on God and you'll begin to recognize his voice and it will calm you and then you can get it together and start getting all the information he has for you. Step number two is trust God. Trust what our Father tells us. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So I'm a visual person and whenever I like to learn, I like to learn with visuals. So I want to give you a visual on how it is to trust God. And if you don't, what could happen? All right. So I'll give you a description of what's going on here. P.A. is the devil. And Thurman is Jesus. All right. So I'm on my way to graduation. I'm actually running a little bit late. I've got to get there. So scene. 
all right, let's go. I got to get to this grass. Jesus, what do you mean, wait? But I, all right, all right, I'm going to wait. You know my friends are waiting for me, and this is my reputation, but okay, I'm waiting. All right. Um, what about now? All right. Okay. The Bible says trust you. I'm trusting you. This makes no sense. I don't see what's going on, but you obviously see something. So trusting you, Jesus. I really need to go. I am waiting. It's like 10 after. Whew. I can go? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. So as you can see... If I had not waited on Jesus, I would be a flat pancake right now. I did not see that the devil was hiding behind this tree. But Jesus knew. And Jesus kept his eye on the danger protecting me. And I kept my eye on Jesus. And because of that, my life was saved. We need to know his voice and we need to trust when Jesus speaks. Are you guys familiar with trust falls? Okay, so there was a few months back that Pastor Kevin was here. Remember Pastor Kevin? And he was teaching, and he had my son do a trust fall. So Nico was up here, and he asked him to fall into the arms of two ushers. And my son kept trying. He kept leaning back, and then he kept fumbling and looking back. Nico, that's not a trust fall. It's just falling. But he couldn't do it. Why do you think my son could not just fall back into the arms of these ushers? He didn't trust them. And why didn't he trust them? My son did not know them. My son has been off to college, and then he moved on to the military, so he hadn't really been here at the father's house. He had not spent time with these men. He had not sat in their presence and allowed them to feed into him and speak life into him. So why then would he actually trust these men to catch him or to protect him from danger? He wouldn't. It makes no sense. It makes, as old school would say, it makes no good walking around sense which makes no sense to me. I don't know why they say that, but my grandma always says that. <laughs> so can we honestly say that we trust God? You can't fully trust someone that you don't know. And you can't really know him if you don't spend time with him. It's so easy for us to say, oh, I trust God. I trust what he says. I trust what he's doing. But then the moment something crazy goes on in your life, what are we doing? We're falling apart. We're crying, we're pulling our hair out, we're calling all our friends to tell everybody what's going on, when really what we should be doing is getting on our knees and talking to God, right? So if you are not in the place of knowing who God is yet, please don't feel discouraged. If you don't know to trust him yet, I don't want you to feel bad about that. Everyone's walk in Christ is different, but as long as you are walking, as long as you're moving forward towards him, you're doing the right thing. It's okay. Take your time. Don't take too long, but just keep on moving towards Christ. The reason why I interjected that into my notes is because recently I had a client. I was cutting her hair, and she says to me, is it too late for me? Is it too late for me at the mature age that I am to even start going to church now? Is this too late? And my response to her after I was very flabbergasted, because it's, it's amazing how as Christians sometimes we don't realize there's so many people out there that have questions, that don't know, that are confused, that feel behind. And so it helped me, it brought me into a reality of, oh my goodness, this innocent woman is asking, can she still come to God at her age of maybe 80? And my answer to her was, sister, are you breathing? Yeah. 
Do you still have breath in your lungs? As long as you have breath in your lungs, it is never too late to come to God. I just wanted to encourage. So it brings me to my next step, which is obey God. When God says move, move. Proverbs 22, 4, obey the Lord, be humble, and you will get riches, honor, and a long life. There are times that God will tell you to do something, and if you don't know the voice of your father because you've spent time with him, you could miss something very important. I want to tell you all a little story. So my husband and I uh, wanted to build a pool. And it might sound like something simple to you all, but this was a dream for our family. And we wanted to build this pool, and we were ready to go. And one night, the Holy Spirit told me, this is not the time. Broke our hearts, but my husband and I were obedient. We called the contractor, and we let him know we weren't going to be signing this contract at this time. That same night, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, look up commercial property in Leesburg. Kind of confused me because our business was doing well in Tavares. We were leasing that building, but we were fine with that. But God has something better for us. So not even a few months later, that same property that I did do the right thing and look it up, we ended up buying that, our first property in Leesburg, commercial property. And then he wasn't even done there. So two years later, again, I'm laying in bed and I hear, look up commercial property for sale in Leesburg. So now I'm kind of wondering if I'm hearing the Holy Spirit correctly. Am, am I hearing it in rewind? Like, what's, what's going on? But because I sit in the Word, because I know my Father's voice, and I've already been here before, I knew to be obedient and do what I was told to do. I typed it in, and a property that seemed very familiar came up. It said 1028. Our building that we bought two years prior was 1022. That meant those two buildings were about near neighbors. And it showed me that God had bigger for us that we couldn't even realize, and he was going to get the glory for it at the end. Yeah? When God says to wait, also we need to wait, right? Like in the skit, I could have been sideswiped, but because he asked me to wait and I listened, I did. God asked us to wait for a reason, which brings me to my last um, point, how long are you willing to wait on God? We all know we like to do things on our own way and on our own time, but unfortunately, that can be detrimental to our lives, correct? If I would not have waited, like I said, it could have been a terrible situation for us. I didn't want to, but I did. Same thing with the pool. But good news, two months ago, God told us it was time, and our pool is in construction. If you are a Christian and you're here today and you're feeling a little bit unsure, like maybe that lady, but you are a Christian, you know who God is, and you just feel like you're not spending enough time with him, like he's talking to you, you're not sure if he's talking, you're not, I know that feeling. But if you get into the word and you start really allowing him to download into you and you just sit in his presence and you just begin to just trust him and know when he's talking to you, It'll get better. You'll get to really recognize your daddy's voice. But I want to pray for you if you're feeling that confusion right now because I understand that so well. And I'm just so grateful to now be on this other side where I hear my daddy so loud and clear. But let me pray for you. 
God, I come to you right now on behalf of my Christian brothers and sisters first, Lord, and I just want to pray that you will help open up their hearts, open up their minds, open up their spiritual ears and their eyes. Let them, God, to see you clearly, to hear you clearly. I pray for their hearts that are yearning for you to get closer to you, and they're just a little bit confused. Maybe they're just not finding the time to spend with you, but help them to know that their time is there. They just need to make that time for you first over anything else, and you will make everything else straight. God, you are a God of promises, and you will keep your promises to them, and I pray to God that they will see that in Jesus' name. Also, if you are here today and you're ready to put your full, complete trust in God and you don't know him yet, you're not a Christian yet, right now is your chance. With every eyes closed and every head bowed, please slip your hand up if that's you. Mm, I see. I see you. Sometimes you need to take that leap of faith and this moment is it for you. Just trust him and take that step and let him do the rest. I see you in the back. For those of you that raised your hand, go ahead and repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I'm ready to live my life wisely. And I know to do that, it means I need to trust you and I need to do what it is that you've called me to do. I need to spend time with you and gain a reverence for you. Lord, I'm willing and ready to work on all those things. But this right now is my first step to getting there. God, I pray that you will come into my heart. Change me. Change the way that I live. Change the way that I think. And help me to be more like you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Congratulations. Now, in just a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing one last song. For those of you that said that prayer, you're going to go to either of the first step tables and you are going to meet with your new brothers and sisters in Christ and they're going to give you a big hug and tell you your next step to following Christ. God, I am so grateful for you today and all that you've shown us and I'm just so grateful to send everybody off into the world to live wisely. Have a great time. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.